Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotland, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. So one of the uh, common questions that we get as people start going down this journey, particularly in the early phase of personal or spiritual growth, is, okay, I've recognized there's some change and I'm feeling this inner, this more lightness, this more peace. Uh, but my partner, my kids, the business people, my boss, right? They are, um, they're not as open to this as, as we are. And uh, how do I share it with them? Right? That is the, that is a question that we get often. How do I share with others? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, I don't think I've ever told you this, but in uh, a previous role that I was in, I had just read The Surrender Experiment and loved it. And the person I was working for was interested in spirituality and I gave him the book. Yeah. And I was like, I think you will love this book. <laughs> yes. And so I had very high hopes that he would read it. And he did not, you know? And I think that was like my first taste of like, this thing is amazing and I want to share it with somebody else. Um, but when you sometimes just... I mean, you can give books and I think sometimes they are very well received, but sometimes they aren't, you know, yeah. people aren't quite ready for it. And so that set off a question for me that I feel like I've wrestled with for a long time is how do you best share this with other people? Um, I but- heard that. I heard, uh, that's a wonderful, I heard uh, Eckhart Tolle actually say this when, um, when he asked, he said, sometimes you may give him, he was talking about his own book, like the power of now, right? And it may sit on somebody's shelf for eight years until one day they just happen to notice it and it's happened to be there. So you never know when gifting that book is going to make a difference. Totally. That's a good point. I never thought of that, about that he could have read it at yes. this point. And I think the kind of funny end to that story is in the first meeting that I was here with you and Hallie, we talked about the surrender experiment oh, for like funny. an hour. That's and funny. I was like, oh, that's a, you know, it's a kind Different of perspective. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and here we are still talking about that's it, you know, which is are. nice. So, um, but yeah, and somebody at Project U recently asked this question and she had shared how so much of her life has changed since yeah. applying like the 200% life model to her business and her family. She was really talking about to how her relationship has changed with her husband and it was such a, it was so wonderful listening to her share about how powerful it's been. And then her question was, okay, I'm in, I got it. Like this is, I'm seeing this massive change in my life. Of course, the next thing you want to do is share it with the people that you love yeah. and the people around you and the people that you think it would have a positive impact on. Um, but, and then, but you kind of get that sense of, Oh, I can't force it on somebody else. So then, yeah, the, the next natural question is how do I share it, but not shove it down people's throats? Yeah. Or you don't want to like how to, I think some people also, you share with them and they're going, so now you're better than me. Right. That is a, that is a common one you get. It's like, oh, you want me to read this so that I can change myself to be better the way you want it to. And you're going, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's not right. That. And you're also more aware of your own ego. So you yes. want to share from a genuine place yes. and you can feel when you're saying like, oh, you got to read this book. It's so good. Or yes. you got to check this out. And as you become aware of that, then I think it just naturally opens up more questions. Okay. I don't want to share with that energy behind it, but how do I share it in a more genuine way? That's actually helpful to people. I'm laughing because there was definitely some times early in my life, <laughs> earlier in my life when I read some of these books and I would share them because I wanted other people to know that I was better than them because <laughs> I had read this and look at the work that I'm doing versus the work that you're doing. Right? I just, I just, I, 
and and partly there was a I mean there is there is definitely truth to that, but there's also truth of like being like you're an asshole, and I don't think you realize this, and so maybe this book will help you not be an asshole anymore. Mm. And uh, cause there, there was so it was it, I don't know it's just, I always laugh because in the beginning I remember I remember a couple of times I gave out some of those books. And just so people would understand that like, wow, like you're missing the entire point. But it was also like, I could feel, I always felt a little, like I could feel my ego feeling better being like, oh yes, give them that book because you're going to show them like what the work you're doing. Right. And that's that spiritual ego that likes to jump in there. Mm -hmm, Totally. And I've also struggled with this with my kids because I want to be a, I don't want my kids to suffer. You know, I mean, suffering is important for life and I recognize that and I want them to suffer, but I want them to, I want them to suffer so they build resilience, but I don't want them to suffer their whole way through life. And I think having awareness that you are not your mind and some of these basic spiritual principles are really helpful. And so that one, I actually emailed Michael Singer about, and I expected him to say, yes, share this or this in small pieces and his response i have it written down here i can share it but um he wrote over the years we have found that the best way for anyone to share these teachings with others including children is to become the teachings i'm like oh man right there (laughs) that's a lot of work and i know that i'm not fully the teaching so it's like uh, well, I'll read the second part of his response. And then he said, then others very naturally learn because they have the honor of interacting with a conscious human being. It is amazing to see what happens when people simply receive the experience of your quiet example. It's very well written. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. Yeah. And it's humbling. Oh, and also really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where it's like, you want to, you want to be that at all times, especially with kids because you're so there's like, there's disciplinary actions you have to take. They're testing boundaries. And you also are trying to go like, what? Now I have to teach them how to be spiritual, right? Mm. Or like, I have to maintain that. I always found that I'll, I'll love to get your answer on this is that whenever I, and I've shared that a lot in this podcast, whenever I find myself being attached to a thought or to ego in that moment, I always quickly try to remind them of that I just did. That like, this is what happens when you attach yourself to a thought or an emotion and you respond from that lower part of you. And this is exactly the work that I'm doing here. And, and by even apologizing to you right now is part of that process of being able to give them so they can see the fact that like, you're not perfect. Um, and that you're still going to get caught because most likely they are too as well. And then how do you actually move past that after that happens. Yeah, I love that because it's not about modeling just being a very high spiritual being or because frankly, I'm not going to be modeling that right now, (laughs) but I can model the process of working toward that. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think that's where people get caught. They, They think that like, oh, being a spiritual person means that I don't get angry, that I don't get irritated, that I don't get desires at times. It's like, no, no, no. It's like they, they've all like, um, all, at least all the teachings from many different variations of individuals that have taught in the past hundreds of, of years have all said, like, that's just not true. In fact, you actually feel that. The difference is, I think the people that, that can admit that they have a big ego or that the ego is present, meaning that they can feel it, they can see it, that it's there, are way further past the line than people that are going... I can only show somebody when I'm when I'm feeling good, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, like the fact that you can show up 
and then share your real experience that you're going through is what people are actually looking for. And I think that's what, at the end of the line, he says, it's amazing to see what happens when people simply receive the experience of your quiet example. And that example, I think that word is chosen perfectly because you can be an example of, this is an example of when I get caught. This is an example that I didn't even want to share this because I feel embarrassed the fact that my ego took over. Or like that's the real conversation people are looking for. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sometimes I say with my daughter, when I can feel myself getting kind of frustrated in the conversation that we had on an episode a few ones back about kind of, you know, when you're reaching the end of your rope was really helpful. And so when I can feel that coming up and I will say, I'm going to, I'm going to step aside. I'll go to the bathroom and whatnot because I'm, I can feel myself being about to say something I don't want to say. And I, there's like a recognition in her, in her eyes of like, okay, Yes, exactly. exactly. And I appreciate it too, as an employee, because you talk about moments where your ego comes in, obviously, and it is really helpful to see other people doing it. And because I think it can feel very um, lonely on examining your inner world because it's like the only one that you know, and it's helpful. It's like almost like little, uh, uh, lighthouses saying like, it's okay. <laughs> like it's happening. You know, this happens here too. And you're not alone. Um, so. Well, it's refreshing because you realize that like, cause you can't. So if you're, you know, if you're modeling yourself against a running thing, like it's very easy, like, okay, you're running a marathon. You can, everyone can evaluate times objectively when you're doing the inner experience, nobody else is in there. Nobody else can experience what it is. And, and so you're the only one going through that experience. <clears throat> so sharing and being real with people, it's, it's, it's never, again, spirituality is never about trying to not feel anything. Spirituality is about feeling everything that you're feeling deeply. And that, if you do that, by the way, it'll pull you through the rest of the process. And then it becomes lighter. It becomes easier to deal with those things. It becomes easier. It doesn't mean that challenges don't show up. They just feel differently. They're just, they're just something that you're else that you're dealing with. You know, we said in the last podcast where you know, an event that happens outside, wherever it is, challenging in business, challenging in personal life, um, never has the right to rob your inner peace. I used to say that um, business never has the uh, has the right to dumb up my life. Um, and I, I use that early on and I would change that now to, you know, for business standpoint, is business never has the right to take away my inner peace. It doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges. It, there's always going to be. By the way, if you move away from business and like just like you just move away, which maybe that's your call. You know, there's something that I've, uh, well, let me get to this. Um, uh, you're just going to find something else to then be bothered by, right? And and a lot of times, this is why Sarah and I were talking about this the other day, my wife, and she, uh, you know, we've watched some of our our parents or grandparents, you know, really retire. And like, they went from having problems at work that were, you know, like a, like whatever they were to then having the same thinking that like, once they retire, those problems would go away to the same conversation that we're having. It's a problem about having to go to the doctors and then having to go and like the social security isn't enough money, whatever it's just, it just literally went from one thing that you're dealing with to a new set of problems. So you can't duck that. And that's where I think that's why the only way to really get through that is to really get through it and do the deep work the, the relax, the release, the act, <clears throat> removing of the the scars, the drama, the samskaras, whatever you want to refer to it as, so that that struggle then frees you, right? And that's what the beauty about this is. I was um, listening to Andrea Gibson on a podcast the other day, and um, she was telling the story where they were talking to their friend, and their friend was referring to the struggle of the butterfly. I don't know if you remember this in there, and it was a beautiful moment where they said, if you study the butterfly, the butterfly 
when it, when a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, um, it goes into this really, really tough process. And it's actually a big struggle for caterpillars or then a butterfly at that point to break through the cocoon. It's actually a big struggle. And a lot of times humans will go over there and try to open up the cocoon to make it easier for them to get out. And they did this fascinating study where they, the ones, the butterflies that got help opening this up to be able to go in there had a far less success rate of living than the ones that had to go through the struggle themselves to be free. Right. I mean, I thought that was what a wonderful example of what that is, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, such a powerful example right there in nature that says this is it. Yeah. It's like the, it's, um, I think Yogananda tells this story too, is about when they were sitting around and all of his, his disciples, if you will, uh, were asking him like, okay, well, if God is so all powerful, then why doesn't he just, you know, he was giving the description of like, um, a spider, threading all of these webs like if you imagine like all like the stored energy things that you stored away some scars your scars your drama you it's all like this spider web that's just been intertwined you know millions of times and think about how much of a nest that is and how much of a cluster that is and that's kind of why so many things bother you is because you you've done that and then one of them said well why don't why wouldn't god just come down and cut it he said well he most certainly could but if he did you would never grow and I think it's that same path. So it's almost like you have to, the need responds of like, you have to go back and unwind it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the struggle uh, and the inner growth that people do can be such a challenge at times because you were literally the one walking this path back. And there can be a lot of, that's why I think a lot of people are embracing that more. But what people are really embracing, and one of the conversations that, um, that Michael and I had were about relationships. Um, one of the things he said to me was like a relationship, one of the best, the best relationship that you can have is where you both come together and you both agree that you're going to work on yourselves together. Like that is the re- healthy relationship, right? Where it's like you come in there and you both recognize like, Hey, I'm going to be mad at you at times. You're going to be mad at me at times. I'm never going to show up the way you want me to. You're never going to show up exactly the way you want me to. Let's just get that out there and put it on the table. Then let's go ahead and now let's use this relationship as a way to walk back that thread. Mm-hmm. Gary Zukov, have you read The Seed of the Soul? Yes, I have, yeah. He has a great chapter on that spiritual partnership. Yes. And it's basically just the agreement to evolve together. Together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which is amazing. That. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, so thinking about this and to get back to the Project You participants yeah. question. So yes, like first and foremost, you have to work on yourself, which is the thing. But then, I mean, you have built a, a whole business around personal growth and sharing that with individuals in the organization and everything. So how as a leader, you're working on yourself, but you do want to infuse your organization with personal growth, spiritual yeah. growth, something larger, whatever yeah. you want to call it. How do you actually take practical steps to do that in a way um, yeah. that where you're not um, forcing it upon people, but attracting people that are interested in that? Like, what is that? How do you share? Yeah, there's a couple of things to unpack there. That's a wonderful question. Uh, number one is people have to be ready. And um, the I've made the mistake of pushing too hard, too fast into a larger organization where people are, they may be like a little interested into the, into the woo-woo, if you will, or maybe like, okay, what is this? I've, I use the word personal growth early on because when you, throw in spirituality growth or spiritual growth. Like it just throws people like, I'm not getting into that. Right. Mm-hmm. Personal growth. I'll, I'll subscribe to doesn't mean it's the same thing. Just like, so I use personal growth as a word. Um, and that may be helpful for people because everyone thinks 
is tied. Personal growth is somehow, you know, achieving higher levels of success. It's easier, right? It's softer. Uh, so I use that word a lot, but I uh, also got into um, years of where I would just teach nothing but personal growth. And I realized that was probably too much. Mm. Um, and so I've, I've tried to find the different balance. That's actually where Project U came about was because there was a group of people in the organization. We have a large organization of people. There's a group of people that really wanted to take these conversations deeper and they would hijack conversations. So I would be in a meeting or a teaching. There'd be 500 people on the, on a, on a, in the Zoom and somebody would say, well, what is this samskara? And like 90% of the room was like, what, the, what are these people talking <laughs> about, right? Like, and so I, but then of course me, I was so excited to talk about it. I would just get in there and start talking about it. And then, uh, so I, I created a separate group. So that wanted to go deeper into these conversations. Uh, and then I really started to um, cement spiritual growth into business practices because people can then sink their teeth into it. Um, and so like when I was teaching, I would teach about business and then I would interject for 30 seconds about how letting go made you a better leader or like, wouldn't you want more clarity? Okay, great. Well then let's work backwards. And how do you get more clarity? It's about making better decisions. And then how do you get to make better decisions? And it means that you have more self-leadership, but isn't that self-leadership more about you're having an inner state of putting yourself together better? Yes. Okay. Then you would just kind of link it together that way. Um, so that people just didn't get lost right away. Um, it is a, it is an interesting balance, um, uh, between the two. And I don't know if I've done it perfectly. Uh, well, I know, hold on. I know I have <laughs> done it perfectly. I don't, I don't know if I've done it right. Um, but I know that, uh, you know, it's, it's helped change a lot of people and it's the same, same way to do it. There are also times in an organization where, uh, it makes sense to lean into that more. And there are times when it, when, when, um, it can feel like that's not the right time to do it as well, which I think I probably missed at times. Um, cause I always personally I always feel like there's a time to talk about that first because it's really about putting yourself together first so then you can handle different things there's a way to soften that conversation when you're doing it here's the other thing that i learned um is if people are not financially uh secure to a certain level they're really not open to it at all um and that is something that uh, actually you know i was gonna say this before i don't know if i've ever said this but like one of the things that michael said to me when we first started walking towards his, towards his house, it was just him and I there. And he said, I know you're in the, in the business. And I know you've been very successful. I've been there, done that. I don't want to have this conversation about business. And he's like, I've been there, done that. And that chapter is over for me. And it was very interesting. It was like the little, the first words that he he said, essentially, uh, by the way, we were holding hands, which was wonderful when he said that, but like, it was great. It was great for the whole thing. But, uh, and he said that, and then he actually ended up talking about business, but he almost like wanted to get that out there. Like it was there. And he, and he went on to say, you know, one of the, one of the most important things <clears throat> for people to do is to get some level of financial security so they can feel they can do this work. He said that? Yes. Oh. And so like, there's that level of like, if people, and he also tied that back into don't live higher lifestyle than you ever need to, because that's going to be forcing you, which will then pull you out and mechanically force you to go out there and make more money, which then you can get bought up into a bunch of different things there. Well, everybody has a different definition of what financial security that's is. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, well, again, the thing is, if like, if you go out there and you live a very lavish lifestyle and maybe your income can support it, there's always a cloak of anxiety. Cause you're always walking around going like, man, if I lose this or I lose that. So therefore you're, you're afraid to really deeply feel things or, or deeply, you know, put yourself into stuff because you're, you have that fear, not for everybody, but that's the general majority. So his message was clear, right? It's like, you know, and I think that also goes to when you're running a, from a business standpoint is to really work with people to ensure that they are 
fiscally taking the right steps so that they can get themselves in a situation. I don't care if you're making, you know, 30 grand or $30 million, $30 million person can feel very insecure about their financial state, right? I've met plenty of people that are hundreds of millions of dollars and they feel like they can lose it all tomorrow. And so they're in this, and I felt people that, what do I just sent you over that article about the individual in New Hampshire who just yeah. passed away. It was similar to the one of Ronald Reed that was in Vermont who passed away in early 2000s and had like $3 million left there because he was a janitor his entire life. This guy was also a, if I, custodian, if I believe. I think um, he did some, or some, something along, or maintenance of some sort. He taught driver's ed at Driver's ed, yeah, funny, just did all these different things. And he ended up giving away, what was it, $6 million? I think it was three. No, it was it was higher because Ronald was three. Oh, okay. Well, well, maybe you're probably right. We'll, we'll include oh. it in the show notes. Yeah. But um, anyways, he gave away a tremendous amount of money and he gifted it to the community for like the whole thing. And the community was shocked. They were yeah. like, how does this guy give all this money that was there? Um, and it's because he really, and he, but like his sister was quoted of saying he never felt like he didn't live a big life, right? He never felt that he needed anything, right? Yeah. If there's anything like there. So again, that is a, that is a, an interesting standpoint to have that. Anyways, my point of bringing that up is that like in, in order to really teach and, and for people to, I think really kind of gain this, um, for the average person is, is work with them to physically, physically be able to be smarter with their money so then they can feel like they can do the work. Now, of course, there's people that could be in massive amount of debt and that can be the cause of why they then go into inward thing. But for the average perspective from business standpoint, those would be the things of don't force it too much. Don't uh, over talk about it to a point where people tune out. Um, you can soften it with personal growth. Uh, and I think you can weave it in there into different ways and also throw out a book club. Like that'd be a great place to start. Like grab a book that, you know, you want to, Gary's book, Michael's book, you know, the 200% life, any of these books that you can grab and just, and that's why actually one of the reasons why we wrote the 200% life the way we did was because I wanted to talk about these deeper concepts, but a lot of our following is also in business. And I wanted to, to kind of interconnect the two together so that people felt comfortable, um, reading the book and going, how I can apply this to my business life. I don't actually have to give up my business life. I don't have to give up, um, you know, the, you know, this, this, whatever it is that I'm doing in my life, I'm able to actually stay engaged with it. Moving to working in your spirituality has nothing to do with giving up your activities in life or your, your boots of life, meaning like whatever work that you're doing. In fact, it's actually the opposite. You actually end up leaning more into that and leaning into whatever is being asked of you that way and raising the moment. I think it gives you more clarity to be a better business leader. Um, and I think that fresh perspective on leadership is coming right now. And it's already there. Like people want to have an understanding leader. They want to be real about like, I'm having a real tough time with my kids, right? Like I made it a couple of days or, you know, I'm going through a really challenging breakup or I'm going through whatever it is. Like, Look, those things, you can't just cut it off, right? You've got to be able to do that. And so I think there's there's ways to handle that. And I think the world is waking up to that. Totally. And I think that individuals, employees want to be on a team where they can they can recognize that there's this big inner world and there's a lot of outer action as well. Like that because when you show up in a business environment, it's all focused on results, actions, um, performance, everything like that. It is missing the other half yes. of the human experience, which is massive. You know, I always go back to this, which is like for hundreds of thousands of years, they didn't, they weren't teaching people about business. What were they teaching people about? Your inner state, yes. yeah. right? Your inner world, know thyself, know your truth, the Tao, the middle way, right? All of these things. And they haven't gone away, right? I mean, they're just there. <laughs> and so it's like, it's sure 
business is just the next farming, right? We're just, because once food became ubiquitous, people didn't need to farm anymore. So they said, what are we going to do? Great. Let's go advance. Let's go. We want to contribute in some way. We want to be able to grow those different things. And that's wonderful to be able to do that. Um, and so I think it's just, that's the next phase that we're in is, you know, 200 years ago, it was, it looked much different because you had to actually generate your own food. You had to generate your own power, electricity and get your water. And so you were occupied the whole time. Once that became the next level or the next staple, it's then moved into great. Now we're in this business arena. I actually think the next era that we're coming into, which we're there is using AI bots, robots, even, you know, I know you've been using AI and chat GPT before, um, as ways to kind of advance things. And I think at some point our society is going to be so come so productive in terms of the things that we're doing in business now that you won't have to have a job at some point. I know I've shared that. I don't know if I shared this many times as a podcast. I've shared that other podcast as my perspective as I think in our, I'm, I'm 42. And I think at some point in the next 10, 15, 20 years, the productivity is going to be so high that you like basic things will be met, right? Just like food was, was pretty much met for most places in the Western side. I know that there's still a lot going on outside of this, but the different things will start to evolve and, and productivity will be so high without human labor that you'll have more time to be able to allocate to, you know, job choice or job perspective. What do you think about that? Um, well, I think between AI and 3d printing, I mean, yes, that's it's what like, I mean. what that's is yes, the, that's exactly the right. yeah, there doesn't need to be a company creating widgets because between those two, you can create anything pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a natural evolution. I don't know what it is, but obviously everything changes and evolves and it does seem with AI that we're entering into a new, a whole new world, um, that will undoubtedly free up time, um, for people and whether it's just the opportunity to actually ask the question, like, what am I passionate about? Where do I want to invest my time? Um, but how does that work? I mean, how do you see that working from a financial standpoint? I think there will be some sort of universal income. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I, I think that not like a utopia society type thing. I just think there will be a, just like, remember, and again, I know a lot of the world is still struggling with food, but if you take our Western world, at some point we were all struggling for food and then food became ubiquitous for a lot of the world, a lot of the developed world. And as it did, it's people don't really have that difficulty finding that level of food. Right. Would you agree on that? Like, it's like, I know there's still people, I know there's circumstances and stuff, but generally speaking, food is, is much more ubiquitous than it was 200 years ago. It is, but it, but a huge imbalance still exists, yes. which is. Yes. yes. So I'm trying crazy. to, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I phrase that. So like it's, there is an imbalance there, but for a lot of people that, again, for the sort of Western and developed countries, yeah. it's relatively like people can go out and get food and at, at different places. Yes. I think the same thing is going to happen with things. So meaning like at some point, there's going to be so many printed things that people want. You can print your house, you print your car, you know, if you're even driving it, you print your robot that comes in there that helps clean your, keep your house together and fixes your roof or whatever it is, right? It's going to yeah. do all those different things that you want it to do. Then you're going, okay, then what do I need money for? Right. So it's like, remember, people are, are, are working to generate money to support their house, essentially. Yeah. So then at some point, if that's already supported and it, it's much less of a cost because things are so productive, then how much do people really need? 
It's a great question. It's a fascinating. I think we should do another podcast on this topic. I know. I know. It's it's interesting to to hear that. I I love exploring it. And I'm also thinking if we were talking about teams and sharing spiritual growth with others. But just to kind of ground this in something practical. So we created a bundle that people can use if they want to share the 200% life type principles with their organization. And so... Um, I'm going to share what's in the bundle, but yeah. I think the, what's like the message behind this, because we're just saying like, it's not to shove it down people's throats or to yeah. bring it on too fast, too heavy. Like, so before I share this, like, what do you think is kind of the mindset to go in with, um, when bringing these type of resources to your team? I think being real, which is like, okay, Hey, you know, this book really helped me or this journaling session really helped me or this video that I watched really helped me. I don't know if it'll help you. Uh, I know it helped me. I'm just sharing this and passing along. Feel free to delete it or feel free to read it, whatever your choice is. And so again, you're kind of removing yourself from it, but you're kind of sharing it from out there. And my, my experience, when you do that, people may open up one thing and, you know, people will go back to those things. That's why I go back to that, that book example. When, when Eckhart said that, uh, you know, I've, people have said that the book sat on their desk for over eight years and I finally opened it up and, and now I'm emailing you because it changed my life. Right. But eight years ago, they weren't ready to hear it. And so you just never know when people are going to be ready. And they don't, I don't know if they necessarily know when they're going to be ready. All of a sudden, just a moment goes. The next thing you look over, you see a saved email or a saved PDF or a saved video. And all of a sudden, you watch it and you go, it's a new orientation in my life. And right there in that moment, they all of a sudden, again, it's not like they're profoundly changed. But in that moment, they've instantly went, taking my life in a different direction. They don't say it that way. But they've just this inner movement happens, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh, maybe I should go buy. Maybe I should go buy another book." Mm-hmm. And then, and then right, and then you go, and then you start. You know, what are spirituality books, right, or personal growth books? And all of a sudden you grab another one, and you grab another one, and you start asking people about it. And then all of a sudden people start sharing different things. And next thing you know, you're down this different path a year later. Yeah, yeah. Completely different orientation of your life, and that's the whole point of sharing an initial concept with people. Uh, if people are on this path, I think that people are always interested in hearing different perspectives of spirituality and spiritual growth because it is so a personalized example. So that's why the teachings teach them the basic principles. But the way I describe it, I mean, it's very similar to how Michael describes it because he's just I've I've been a student of his for so long. But we're it's still my own experiences, and so you get to share them that way. And I think people that's what people are, are looking for is. I'm doing this inner work and I just want to hear it from different perspectives and they, they may take a collage of or build a collage of different people's answers around what is ego or like what does it mean to be successful or what does inner work mean? And again, they, I think all the words are pointing the same direction, but people have this with so much literature out there now, which is wonderful. They can build their own collage of this stuff and then make sense of it so they can continue to do the work, which is the whole point anyways. Yeah, it's like leaving breadcrumbs. It's like yes, you, exactly right. Yeah, and then people can put it together the way that they want to. Yeah. All right, so the things that we've included in this bundle, and hopefully there's something in here. I mean, you could share it with your whole team and people could just pick and choose what they like if, if something sparks their interest. Um, or you could be purposeful and intentional going through it together as a team, depending, I think, too, to your point, like how involved people are in their own personal growth journey. So you kind of have to feel out where your organization is. But what's included in here, and it's also helpful for individuals, too, if you're just interested in deepening your own work. So there's a 45-minute video training from Adam on the 200% Life model, which is like an intro, basically. Um, there's a deep and meaningful conversations team discussion guide. So if you want to have a whole team discussion about it, there's a 200% life accelerator printable journal. And I don't know about you, but when I read a book and then do the 
journal, it's like tenfold increase yes, in the value I get of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then there's printable posters. I personally am a big, I like to have reminders by my desk. Yes. And so there's two printable posters we created for people here, which is one is an eight principles of conscious leadership. And the other one is seven strategies for conscious communication at work. So two, when you're finding yourself triggered and you yes. need a reminder, look like at the, look, at the yeah, look at the poster. Um, and so this is available to anyone who gets 200% life book. If you go on to adamhergerrother.com slash bundle, um, you just submit your information there and we'll send you the whole package. It's free. Just want to help basically people apply what they're learning yes. um, to their lives and to their organizations. And then if you're an overachiever, because we know a lot of us are, um, and you want to buy 10 copies of the book, we'll also send you a free t-shirt um, as a thank you for helping getting the word out there. Awesome. So remember sharing the best lesson I think that I took away from all of this is if you want to share it, you have to be the example. I think Gandhi said it really well, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of that whole example. So that means all that really means is the real part of that is be willing to be real and do the work and then share your experience because that's what people are really naturally wanting to hear from is not only when things are good or only when things are going the way you want them to or your spiritual ego grabbing. It's not I, me, or my. You're using here's what I felt and this you're just being completely real with people and that's what people are searching for is that freshness that people can bring and as you do that you become that quiet example.